Hello, Texas. Welcome to the program. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you as we keep you company on a Tuesday here in advance of Texans matchup, which is the greatest show in the world, Johnny. Yes, it, is. it really is awesome. Thank you. Greatest show in the world might have been a little overstated. <laughs> one of them, you know, to cover myself, I should just say one of them. One of yes. the greatest shows in the world. No, understood. It's uh, it's going to be a good one. Went back and looked at the alternate 11 plays of the win over the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and there were a lot to pick from. So even there were some things that ended up on the cutting room floor was tough. And then figured, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars are coming into town. So let's look back at that week three win. So I went back Ooh. and listened to the uh, played the ultimate 11 uh, plays from that win. Yeah. Which uh, number one was uh, Tank Dell third and eight. No. Andrew Beck, kickoff return. Oh, Andrew Beck, of course. Yeah. What am I saying? Yeah. Drew's doing a story on that. Yeah. On Andrew Beck's kickoff return for a touchdown and how that was a real season changer yeah it really was it really was and that picture you know in our in our on our service level there are now these big screens that are put up and it cycles through like various you know pictures that have been taken by our photography crew like by uh zt zach tarrant and there are some pictures and there's one that is of back on that kickoff return and you, I always just love the background of photos, like looking at various people in the background. And I remember when we asked Amico about that kickoff return by Beck, like, what what was he doing? And he said, well, I was looking at the surface. And then somebody started screaming and yelling about Beck. That's right. And you That's could right. see D'Amico in the background, like, starting to run after Beck with the surface in his hand. And everybody's celebrating. And that's one of my favorite moments of the year because it is such an unlikely touchdown. And... I loved it because I remember you threw it down to me right before that kickoff, and I said, they just become 17-10, and I remember saying, I don't care how improbable it is. I don't care if it's a George Fant catches a tackle lateral eligible screen and goes to the distance for a touchdown. They need to put points up on the board. And the very next play, Andrew Beck drops the kickoff, picks it up, runs through everybody, goes to the house, and you take a 24-10 lead, and you just felt that entire stadium What's, what just happened to us? It deflated. It deflated them all. It was great. Oh, so, great. Many, so many angles to choose from here. But uh, And we'll get into what has happened since then and what might happen after this, this game on Sunday, which is the biggest game the Texans have ever played with the Jaguars. I'm looking at their journey, Johnny. Their mm -hmm. journey, Johnny. Yeah. And after that loss, they reel off five in a row. Yep. Then they have the bye. They get hammered by the 49ers coming out of the bye. All of this, all oh, the bye freshens you up. You get the fresh legs. Look, the Texans lost to Carolina out of their bye. And I'm yeah. not saying this happens to every team. Yeah. And the Jaguars got drilled by the 49ers Hammer. after their bye at home. Yeah. At home. At home. And I know the Niners needed it, too, because they, I believe they were coming they had off lost a bye three in a row. They had lost three in a row. They had lost three in a row. And they, they were coming off it. a bye as well, yeah. Yeah. And the Jags were fat and happy with five wins in a row. Yep. And we're going to take care of the 49ers. No, you're not. And you get hammered 34-3. But then they beat the Titans. The ship got righted with a 20-point win against Tennessee. And I caught up with our buddy Frank Frangie, voice of the Jaguars. And he said, yeah, the Titans rebuilding, forget about yep. it, not happening this year. We all feel that way. But, mm -hmm. hey, I'm not going to put it past any team to go on a run if suddenly Will Levis turns into C.J. Stroud. Not going to happen. Nope. But anyway, here they are to take on the Houston Texans. And how different are they, you think? I I know we're going to talk about this with Nick tomorrow. I think that they've definitely, obviously, they've improved. They've hit some kind of stride here. Remember last year, they had the bad first half of the season, the really good second half of the season. This year, it was shaping up to be, what is this? And then they reel off five in a row. So they're good, and they're a game ahead of the Texans right now. How different are they? I don't know if they're 
if they're that different, you'll hear tomorrow night on Texas All Access, Nick Seri talk about some of the changes. They've moved Walker Little into guard uh, instead of Ben Barch, and that has that has been successful. I think the other thing is they're they're not trying to shoehorn plays into Calvin Ridley. They're just letting it happen within you know the the focus of the offense. And last week against the Titans, he had seven catches for over a hundred and two tutties. So. You can start to see the Calvin Ridley impact. Now, Ridley had trouble catching the ball. It wasn't so much them going to him. He just had a few drops. He had a, I think he had a fumble at one point. So um, I think one of the things that will be interesting is when they would get in some trouble on third down, they would go to Jamal Agnew. Agnew yeah. was a guy they would go to, but he's injured, and so um, he's not going to be around. So that you, you can't lean on him. They've got enough weapons. So... I'm not crying in my beer for them because Agnew's because he's out. That's that's a that's a big deal though. But I think they're pretty similar. They just have cleaned some things up. And I think just subtle changes in the lineup um I think have have done well by them. Here's the another one to look at and keep an eye on is Tyson Campbell at corner. I think Tyson Campbell at the end of last year was playing about as well as any corner was playing in the league. He was tremendous. Um we didn't test him too, too much in the game that we played in Jacksonville. Basically, we went after the guys that blew coverages. But he has not played. He's been kind of in and out of the lineup, but he didn't play last week against the Titans. They didn't think he was ready to go. He was a DMP during the week in practice. So that's a big one because he matches up or is the closest to the matchup with Nico Collins. Mm. And so... Typically, he gets Nico in man-to-man situations because he can match up physically with Nico. Now, Nico still beats him, but he can at least match up physically. So that Tyson Campbell and, and Jamal Agnew, it's two guys, but they're two really important dudes for that offense and defense, and of course Agnew on special teams. So that'll be a, that'll be an interesting one to watch. And it's not as if the Texans aren't a hundred percent, you know, healthy. You know, they're going to have a couple guys that are probably still banged up, yeah. or a couple guys that were banged up in the game the other day. Um, it'd be nice to get a few of them back, but we do know that one will be back that didn't play in Week Three, and that was Derek, Derek Stingley Jr. And that is a great thing. If he plays like he played against the Cardinals against the Jags, he's going to start putting together the games that everybody thought he could against really tough opponents. So the Jags will be seeing him for the first time this year. And that's going to be a good thing for the Texans. Yeah, he had his first career pick against them mm -hmm. down there. Yep. So we'll see if something can happen up here. You get Damian Pierce back in all likelihood, we think. Yeah, that would be good. The Jags have always struggled with him. Yeah, I mean, early on, the first matchup, Texans didn't run for that much, but they they carried it in the mid-20s. Yep. You know, they, they want to run the football. This right. just in, they want to run the football <laughs> yeah, because yeah. – uh, they need to. They want to. This is who they want to be. They want to have it be a huge part of what they do. Not that they they don't like throwing for over 300 yards a week, which feels like it's happening every week now with C.J. Stroud. Mm -hmm. He went with, what, 280 the last time they played? Something of that nature. Yeah, yeah, it was 280, 20 of 30, two touchdowns, no picks in that game. And Dell had five catches for 145. Look, I don't know who the 100-yard receiver is going to be this week. Right. It's anybody's guess because Noah Brown two weeks in a row, although mm -hmm. he shared that in the Tampa Bay game. Yeah. Uh, and then you had uh, you know, Nico going off at any particular time. Nico's still their leading receiver on this team, on the Houston Texans. Yep. But is Tank going to be the lead guy when the season ends? Is he going to end up with more yards and catches than the other receivers? I got a feeling he might. I don't know. Obviously, we don't know about health because that's going to play a big part in this. 
But if everybody stays healthy, that would not shock me in the slightest because I know Stroud likes throwing the ball to him. So I just got through with Telstra a little while ago, Mark, and I Telstra did CJ's touchdown pass to Tank. And the Cardinals, the Cardinals were in a cover three, and they actually covered it pretty well. It, it really essentially was a two-man route with Robert Woods as kind of a, a, a chip, then an outlet, and then he had a he had a hot over the middle of the Devin Singletary. But it was a two-man route. And they actually have got it covered pretty well. But one thing I noticed was that whoever was in center field for the Cardinals, I think it was Jalen Thompson, he had two routes going you know, vertically at about the same time. If you got Nico on one side and you got Tank on the other, if you're a safety, who do you lean towards to help? Oh, jeez. I don't know. Well, okay, that's my point. Yeah. And that is Thompson turns towards Nico. Yeah. Because he turns towards Nico to kind of help on Nico and doesn't stay in the middle of the field and just stay square in the middle of the field where he can break either way. He turned toward Nico because he felt like the corner on that side needed some help. Well, that left Tank all that room in the back of the end zone mm-hmm. to just run to and go get. Not that the middle of the field safety should be responsible for that, but he could have helped. Yeah. So what's going to start happening? Our safety's now going to be, oh, hey, Tank's over here. I'm going to help on this route, and that's going to leave other guys open. I think early on, teams were more concerned about Nico because Nico was producing. He was really tough after the catch, and they were really worried about that. Plus, Tank's a rookie. You know, he's just a, he's a slot gadget guy, whatever. They're not, they're not going to do anything. Well, now Tank has turned into – and we'll, we knew he was more than that, but I think that's what teams were thinking. Well, Tank has now turned into that legit weapon. And like I said, you answered exactly the way I wanted you to, which is who do you then turn to and double – and help on because you can't double everybody but what cj is doing is making you wrong when you make that decision so when nico started getting the doubles and there's somebody um you know with a corner helping on nico that's leaving tank open that's leaving noah open that's leaving robert woods open and cj's taking advantage of that the one thing cj has done this year that i think if he can continue to do it makes this offense just so difficult to stop is they're going to double somebody Mm -hmm. Don't waste your time just trying to you know bang your head up against a brick wall. Somebody else is open. Yeah. You know somebody else is open because it's one on one. Go get him. Go get that guy. Yeah, and that's what he seemingly has done because Nico, uh, big game against Indy. Then the next week at Jacksonville, Tank had the big game. Then the next week, Nico had the big game. Then a couple weeks later, Noah's got the big big games. Then you know Dalton has one against the Falcons and then against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's he's he's not going. He's not trying to force things to some diva number one wide receiver. He's oh, no. throwing it to the open guy. But I have a feeling that teams are going to now say three is the most dangerous guy. We've got to try and stop him. And that's where Tyson Campbell being out, if he is out, now you got Nico matched up on 5'9", Darius Williams, one of the shorter corners for, for Jacksonville. That might be a spot where you just pick at that scab until they make a decision. Dang it, now Nico's hurting us. What do we do? And now you got him in a bind. Well, they know you better. But you know them better That's right. also. Absolutely. You got all that tape. I'll put our guys up against Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right, so tell me how generational talent Trevor Lawrence is progressing here. Yeah, I threw that in. Yeah. Uh, with a little tongue-in-cheek. I'm going to give you a stat here. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Ten games, 11 touchdown passes. hmm Now, look, I'm just having fun here. I think he's good. Yeah. There's no question. This is a balanced offense. I look at the numbers. I look at the wins. They have more wins than the Texans. Give them their due. 
ETN is running it well. We're going to talk to Nick about that as well. You know my mm -hmm. theory on them, that ETN is really the straw that stirs the drink. Not that Lawrence isn't good. They can't do things with just Lawrence in an okay ground game, but they have a really good ground game. This is yep. the top five running back in the league that nobody talks about. No, Look, I watch the shows. I got the shows up on my monitor in the yeah. office. I glance up there. All they could talk about is the Cowboys, is Valdez Scantling dropping a ball. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. You know, there's so many interesting topics in this league. Now, the NFL Network people get into it a little bit more, into the weeds, and they should because there's interesting stuff going on here. And if I'm a Jaguar fan, which I am clearly not, I'm a little upset that they're not talking about my yep. guy or mm -hmm. my guys because those guys are doing some things here. They're winning games. I know had they beaten the 49ers, that really would have put them in a different yep. conversation nationally. All right, yep. I understand that. But they're still a good team. If they had a big brand name, if they were the New York Jets with this record, believe me, they'd be leading off these oh, shows. My, uh, Mike Greenberg would spend an hour on Get Up talking about uh, talking about them at the that CBS point. The CBS crew coming in here on Sunday. Look, Andrew Catalan is a good play-by-play -play guy. Yeah, I'm not yeah. taking anything away from yeah. him but his name is not kevin harlan right. or jim nance or ian eagle right and there's a thing going on here where you don't get those guys yet right. because now i think it has less to do with the texans this week than it has a lot to do with the jaguars themselves right the jaguars you want to talk about a tough brand name recognition problem they've got it yep. the days of them going to afc championship games when they first started with tom coughlin mm -hmm. and mark brunell when you lived down there yep. Those are over, yep. and yeah, they got to the AFC Championship game in 2017, but it was a flare-up. It was just a little flash fire, and then they went dormant again the very next year. Yep. So they've got issues with that. Anyway, my point is this. They got Trevor Lawrence, 11 touchdown passes in 10 games, and but ETN's putting on a show right now. And, and they're not going away from that, and, and I give Doug Peterson credit for that because you know as well as I do, quarterbacks get hot, they get in a groove, they find a rhythm. Sometimes they don't. And sometimes you find out what kind of team you actually have. And I think what Doug Peterson is realizing is what you just said. Hey, ETN is driving the engine. Like He's the engine of this thing. Let's make sure he gets fed. We're, a, we're now a run to set up the pass kind of team. Now, they've also used the short passing game as an extension of the run game, but they really don't need to do that anymore. They... They're going to they're gonna pound it, and ETN is very, very difficult to stop. Mm. That's become the identity is more ETN, and then we'll let Trevor, you know, look, you're going you're gonna, to uh, heavy up the box. Okay, then Trevor's going to hurt you with some of the throws. So I think it's, it's partly that. I think it's more that ETN has, because he's that good, not because Trevor's been bad, it's just yeah. been that ETN is that good, and that's kind of the identity of that team that – I think they struggle a little bit in pass protection. It's just kind of my my thought. And it's mm. better it opens up play action, opens up everything if you can get ETN going. So to me, it's just that ETN has kind of taken over. It's not like the New York Giants where Saquon is is all of the offense. Yeah, yeah. And there's really when they've got to throw, they're in trouble. Yeah. ETN is a big part of the offense. He's the focal point of the offense. But if they got to go throw, Trevor can go throw. He's not – now, he can spray it. Um, last year in the game here, he only played a half um, because they had such a big lead. He and ETN, they, they sat out the third quarter. Jeez. I mean, Jeez. I, when you think about how, how much things have changed for the Texans, that's the game that pops up for me is that one because we played that game and it was like, man, third quarter, they're over there. They got a big game against Tennessee for the division the next week, and those two are getting a whole half of an NFL game off. 
Yeah. It was like preseason. So um, this would be a, a big challenge on both sides. But I think if you get after Trevor a little bit, he's not going to back down. This is the one thing. Even though you see him with the long locks and all that, he's a tough dude. He's a tough dude. He relishes big moments. He relishes games like this. So even if you get him down like that playoff game, they got down 27 to nothing. He threw four interceptions. I mean, if there's a lesson for CJ and all that, it's that. Like, look, he threw four interceptions and a half and came back and brought them to a victory. And CJ led the Texans to a victory the other day. So you're going to have those games. You just got to get beyond it. Trevor has. Uh, but I just think that ETN has become that much more of a focus than he's ever been. And for that reason, he's kind of the – he leads the offense. Trevor then sort of follows right now. And there'll be some point where they get 50-50, but it's really not right now. Um, it's ETN, and we got to stop that guy. It's going to be really interesting to see what the growth is of this division in yeah. 24 or 25. Yes. You know, CJ gets into year two and three, and Lawrence has been there mm -hmm. a while, and we'll see what Richardson can do with the Colts. We'll get to them in a moment, folks. Tennessee, I don't even know what I they're going to no do. Idea. I mean, we could talk about them too, but this game is a huge game in this division mm -hmm. right now. Could be a little bit of a changing of the guard. Look, you're going to be tied with them, and you'll have the tiebreaker because you've swept them, so it's not like anybody's going to crown anybody. They're not right. passing out hats on Sunday. No. Right? No. But what a gigantic step forward for this team. Now, if you lose this one, it's not like you're out of it. My gosh. Correct. I mean, you have a long way to go. You have six games to go and everything in front of it. If you win it, you didn't clinch anything. You still have to win games here. But what a remarkable opportunity. D'Amico keeps talking about earning the right to blank, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yep. They've earned the right to play this game for the division lead. They certainly have by winning close games. Johnny, it's amazing to see what the Texans have done. When you look at every game since the blowout win over the Steelers. Yeah. So they started 0-2, as we all know. Two blowout wins in a row. Lopsided wins over, Jag, over the Jags and the Steelers. And then every game has been right down mm -hmm. to the wire. Yep. I mean, the losses, the wins... It's really been sensational to be a part of this. I don't remember anything like it. Now, the nine-game winning streak back in 2018, a lot of those were close. Yeah, very close. Yep. There's just something about this because it's all fresh, new. You have a rookie quarterback. You have a rookie You have a lot mm -hmm. of rookies out there yep. doing this, and it's remarkable. Yeah, you have rookie head coaches. You have rookie offensive coordinators. I mean, you have so much new, especially coming off three years in particular that weren't very – that weren't great. Um, if we're being honest. And so I think everybody reveling in that. And that's great. I, and I think I think we should. But D'Amico's right. You earn opportunities playing games like this. But like you said, if you win, you haven't done anything. If you lose, it isn't over. So either way, you come out of this and you play your guts out. But then you got the hot Broncos. Yep. But now it gets kind of freaky after this. It's the Jets with Tim Boyle at quarterback? We think. I mean, who knows in two weeks then what they're going to do. Then it's the Titans with Will Levis? I Yes, I would think. Then it's the Browns with DTR? I would think, but that hasn't worked out well for the opponents, thinking that the Browns' quarterback issues are going to make it easy against the Browns, because not that you're saying that. Yeah. But I think the Browns are a strange story this year. Very. With that record... I mean, look, they just beat Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh, you have your first-round draft choice quarterback from last year. He's in year two. He's maturing, yeah. right? I, I'm painting a picture here. Right. He should be better than he is. Right. He's not. They just fired the offensive coordinator. We'll talk about that in a moment. But Cleveland goes in there with DTR and wins. And it's a 10-10 game forever in this outing. And you can't score 
points with your second year guy, uh, they got to do something else. Yeah, they, they definitely do. And I don't know if Pickett's going to be the answer. We know Matt Canada is not. He's been relieved of his duties. How about this? Matt Canada relieved of his duties. Mm-hmm. It's the first time since 1941 the Steelers have fired a coordinator or a head coach during the season. Yeah, they don't do this. This is ridiculous. They don't, and they've had Nin- problems yeah, before. 1941. So then you've got – so that's DTR at the Browns. Then you got Levis – more than likely here. Right. And then in week 18, more than likely Gardner Minshew. Yeah. That, those are the quarterbacks you face down the stretch. So, you know, it's, it, it's kind of odd in that way. Now, the flip side of that is we will have played every number one overall quarterback dating back to 2018 over the stretch, starting with Bryce Young. So lost to Bryce Young, beat Maker Mayfield, beat Joe Burrow, beat – Kyler Murray. Wow. Now you got Trevor Lawrence. And you go back even further because when you play the Browns, there's Miles Garrett, number one overall pick that will face uh, arguably defensive player of the year, but face him on defense. So we'll face all these, you know, number one overall quarterbacks. And, you know, you really were, you know, a couple of key drives away from the Panthers from sweeping them. And now you got Trevor Lawrence uh, coming into NRG where he's one and one. Um, Wish he would be 0 and 2, but hopefully he leaves out of here 1 and 2. All right, I wanted to do this later, but let's do it now. And we can continue into the next segment. Yep. But AFC South, the stretch run dive, the deep dive into the stretch run here. And you're not quite in the final stretch, okay? What turn are you in the horse race here? Mm. You're you're on the back end, end yeah. zone, whatever. Right. They, you know, I should know this because I was a track announcer for three months in Michigan. <laughs> I was for quarter horses. Though. Yeah. We only had like those 100 yard dash type races. I forget what they called them. It's like one furlong or something. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Jags, what's up for the Jaguars after the Houston Texans? Bengals, Browns, Ravens. Oh, all right. So the Bengals with mm, at quarterback Browns at mm, quarterback, but right. they're the Browns. They're very tough this year. And that game will be in Cleveland. Ooh, ooh. They'll have the Ravens at their place. So Browns, Ravens, pretty tough. Buccaneers on the road, then Carolina, Tennessee to close it out. It's not terribly daunting. In fact, spoiler alert, Frank Frangie, who I caught up with, the voice of the Jaguars, already told me they consider this to be the toughest game in their remaining outings. Yep. This is the one. And I, I still thought, think well, the Ravens. What about Baltimore? That's pretty yeah. Tough. The Ravens. The Ravens will be a tough one. It kind of goes along with what Jonathan Gannon said just kind of flippantly the other day. They were saying something about, you know, how they played in the game. You had opportunities, all that. And he said, hey, that's a playoff team over there, referring to the Texans. So I thought it was interesting that that's how, that's how opponents are thinking about the Texans now, which is kind of interesting from that standpoint. So, yeah, when you listen to that list of games, the Browns game will be tough because just physically they'll beat you up. Uh, but the Ravens, they got, they still have the Ravens. So um, Incredibly really, tough game. I, I, I really wish Joe Burrow could get back on the field against them, but mm. – and take it for what it is. And look, maybe the Bengals end up doing the thing that the Browns are doing. They rally around their quarterback. The problem is the Browns have that defense. The Bengals have no defense. Yeah. The Browns have this outstanding generational. I hate using yeah. that word. Yeah, right. Uh, I make fun of that word sometimes. Oh, it's good. But they do have a, an incredible defense, and that's keeping them in this thing right now. So we'll see where it takes them because they are 7-3. and three. I would love them to be out of it by the time the Texans get to that game on Christmas Eve. All right, the Tennessee Titans. I'm just bringing this up for academic purposes. Mm-hmm. Carolina, Johnny. Ooh. They've got Carolina coming up this week. And that game is in Tennessee. It's in Nashville. They could get that one. You never yep. know. 
Get and Bryce one. Young's thinking, I'm going to get this one. Mm-hmm. But you know they always play hard. Yep. All right, then the Colts. This is the Titans schedule yep. remaining. Dolphins on the road, mm. Texans at home, Seahawks at home, Texans Ooh. on the road, Jacksonville. Good night, Tennessee. Wow. It's been real. Wow. It's been great. Johnny, That's what tough. are they going to do? I see maybe a six-win season at the most here. Okay. So if they let's say that they do six at most. Okay. Okay. They will be six and eighteen over their last twenty-four. Right now, right now the Titans are three and fourteen in their last seventeen games. I'm going to throw another one. All right. So you have the That's Titans. crazy to think about. We're making a little Titan sandwich here. I'm yeah. going to throw another piece of meat on it for you okay. to to digest here. Okay. What if you really don't know about Will Levis? exiting yeah. this year. I think if anything for them, they got to know what they've got here. Is Will Levis going to be something they can really sink their teeth into in 24 and on? Or do they have to think about going again into that yep. draft, into that wilderness of the draft and trying to find a quarterback or is Levis their guy? They need to know that. So go ahead and find out. That's why they're playing him right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the reason for playing him is to see what they have, to see if they're going to go with him and to see how long that, that process takes. I mean, maybe they're not going to be sure about it. Here's the other thing, too. We think about the draft. The draft has got plenty of quarterbacks, plenty of young quarterbacks. There are going to be some teams that will say, hey, look at the Texans. They got the right quarterback, and now look what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Now, we know in the building, CJ has been incredible. Don't, don't get me wrong. But there's been a lot that's gone into the building of this organization and the team that you see on the field outside of CJ. There's been a lot of rookie involvement uh, in addition. But, yes, CJ has gotten this thing and helped get this thing turned oh, yeah, around. This is a, a good so, mix here. But I'll say this, though, and, and I bet you agree with me. If you put CJ in Carolina this year, mm-hmm. they're playing a whole lot better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not saying oh, Bryce no is doubt. bad. Bryce needs a situation. No doubt. CJ elevates the situation. Yeah, there's no question. But there are going to be some teams thinking and looking at the Texans saying, we're going to replicate oh, yeah, what they absolutely, did. Absolutely, absolutely. He so is just, I would, he, yes, th- yes. I would think more teams are going to be sitting there going, all right, well, we'll, we'll sit we'll sit tight and draft a quarterback or we'll move up and down in a draft and go draft a guy that we like as opposed to do you call the Cardinals and see if they'll part with Kyler Murray? Do you, I mean. If you like him. If you like him. Um, I, I'm just using that as an example. What about Justin Fields in Chicago? Does Justin Fields become available for, for some team? So there's that component that becomes really interesting. Well, here's another one. What happens with one Kirk Cousins in Minnesota? Oh, he's going to get a good job. Where's he going to end up? Does he go? Does he sign back with Minnesota? Does he end no. up? Does Tennessee call him and say, hey, he's the veteran guy we're looking for. This is the guy that's going to make us better. We're going to add another receiver to the mix. Burks, Hop, whomever that other receiver is, and Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, they're just, there are a lot of different ways that it can go for Tennessee. The one they want, I would imagine, is Levis proves he's the guy. Yeah, that would be then best for them. Then they don't have them. to worry about it. That would be best for them. All right, coming up, they're laid in the weeds. You know that they love <sighs> this. There's something about them. Am I overstating it? Am I worrying about nothing? Am I seeing ghosts? We'll talk about them, the horseshoe, plus other things coming up. I would like to rant about the catch that wasn't last night a little bit, not on the player, but on some of the media members. Shall we? It's Texans Radio. All right, Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Great to have you listening tonight. Texans matchup on the way. And, Johnny, let's get into this. 
I said, they're laying in the weeds. Yep. It's the Indianapolis Colts. They're just, no one's talking about them. I mean, there are a lot of no mm-hmm. one's talking about teams. Yes. Of course, no one's talking about them. Why would they? Yet, they were on a bye this past weekend. Mm-hmm. They're at five and five. They had back-to-back wins. Carolina, the Patriots. That three-game losing streak they suffered at the hands of the Jaguars, Browns, and Saints kind of took them out of the conversation. Not that they were ever in it. They have Gardner Minshew at quarterback for crying out loud. But, Johnny, they've got Tampa Bay coming up on Sunday. That's winnable. I'll put that in the air quotes. Yes. Then Tennessee, then the Bengals. They could conceivably win all of those games. I have no problem visualizing that, and I hate to say it. Then the Steelers. I might flip a coin for that. Then at Atlanta. Then the Raiders at home, and then the Texans. The Colts could be a real problem here, and they just said goodbye to Shaq Leonard. Thoughts? The one thing about you know Shaq Leonard has been, I don't want to say not grousing, but he's been talking about his his limited playing time, and it was pretty obvious, especially in week two, like. But he's not the same guy. I hear Franklin had taken over as kind of the guy for the defense. Like he's just moving better, Franklin was than than Shaq Leonard was. So I know he's had back injuries, and I know that's part of it. But to do it now, even some of the Indian indie media that we follow, Stephen Holder was like, "I saw this coming at the end of the year, not now." Like mm. there's there's a big shock now. Where that can play a role is in a locker room. Like, is that a positive for the locker room? You know, he'd yeah. been kind of dour about it, sure. and it was impacting the locker room, and now they kind of feel free by it. I don't know. They could go the other way, where he is heavily connected. Like, I just saw a tweet uh, from Kenny Moore uh, this afternoon, you know, sending him props, how much he loved him, and he's going to miss him, and all that kind of stuff. And so does it have – does that kind of play a role, too? So we'll find that out. But you said about Gardner Minshew, you said this before, he's got an expiration date. Well, I'd like for that expiration date to happen this weekend. Yeah. I'd like for Baker Mayfield to outshine him uh, and get that win. But the Colts are a very real thing. They're very they're very real in this whole thing. And I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. JT is back. We got Zach Moss running. I mean, they're just – it's, again, it's, it's kind of like – you know, any game in this division, it's going to be a physical battle because yeah. Moss and Taylor are going to force you to have to come up and tackle. You think about the Texans, you know, Motor and Damian Pierce, you got to come up and tackle them. ETN is tough to tackle. And, of course, we know about 22 uh, in Tennessee. So those teams, even with the quarterbacks and the quarterback situations being what they are, you got to come tackle those running backs. And that's what the Colts are relying on right now. And, look, they go to Germany. They score 10 points and win. Oh, score 10 points and win. Against New England. You know? And they, they're just finding different ways. There have been games where they want, they scored 31 on us, but they scored 10 and 1. So they're finding different ways to win. I do think that as more teams gather more film with Minshew, their offense will start to slow and stagger, you know, slow down a little bit. Please. But that running game, that's for real. We had all kinds of trouble tackling Zach Moss. Now throw Jonathan Taylor in the mix. Oh. And in week 18, with something on the line, I don't want that. Don't, don't like it that. at all. Don't like it at all. Don't want it. So we don't gave you the Jaguar schedule, Titans schedule, Colts schedule. And as far as the Texans go, just a quick reminder, after this game against Jacksonville, this epic, huge odyssey that's going to take place on Sunday at noon, then you have the Broncos at home, mm-hmm. then the Jets on the road, then the Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts. You know, look, you just needed everything you could muster 
to knock off the Cardinals. This is the NFL. Nobody should be surprised. Everything is tough, and you just got to take it one at a time. That's I mean, I look at the do. schedule. It just looks – everything looks daunting to me right everything. now. You could lay out seven Carolinas right there, and I would say, oh, that looks tough because you lost to them. Yep. So – be ready. Take care of the Jags. Take it from there. I just hate that Denver. It's funny, Johnny. You're getting the Cardinals right at the worst time when they get Murray back yes. and he's all fired up and you get James Conner back. Then you get the Broncos next week. Bad time to get them because now they won four in a row going into this weekend's game and they have the Browns. Oh, that'll be interesting at home. They need to beat each other up a little bit. That's yeah. what we need. You need those two teams to beat each other up a little bit. At least, if you remember 2019's game, that was the Kareem Jackson uh, return to Houston game, and he went off in that game. I mean, he did everything in that game against us. He won't play four-game suspension. Now, he is going to appeal, but I don't know that I've seen appeals. Some have gone from four down to two. I haven't seen any go from four to zero or four to one, and we play them next week, so it looks like Kareem Jackson will not be there. And Kareem, I know that, you know, those hits draw fines, they draw suspensions, etc. but they also charge up a defense. They also get a defense going. And I think his physical his physical throwing his body around gives Denver a lot of juice. Oh, yeah. A they, lot I of juice. I was watching the other night. Those a guys lot. hit hard. That they secondary, Justin Simmons, those guys are nasty. Yeah. And you're right. Kareem is a tone setter for exactly. that. Exactly. And I think that's going to be that's going to be big. But that's. It, you know, it's weird because you start thinking about, like you said, you look at the remainder of the schedule, and I just gave you the quarterbacks you're facing. You face, you face Trevor Lawrence this week, obviously. Mm. Russell Wilson, Tim Boyle, Will Levis, DTR, Will Levis, Gardner Minshew. You think about that and you go, that's not a daunting list of quarterbacks. Every single one of those quarterbacks can find a way to beat you. Sure. Every single one. Absolutely. And I go back to 2019 after beating the Patriots. We step in here against Drew Locke. Mm. Talented dude. Not a great quarterback, but a talented guy. And he lit us up yeah. like a Christmas you tree. You just never know. Well, one thing I said about the Cardinal game was you got to make the game Prater-proof. Yes. Right? You had to make it so they can't beat you with a field goal mm -hmm. at the end. And you right. did that because they needed a touchdown. Yep. So it took his long leg out of there. The guy has hit field goals from all over the place. I mean, doing the prep on him, Johnny, Prater has hit 70 from beyond 50 yeah. in his career going in. That's an NFL record by far and a 64-yarder, second longest field goal of all time. He that The one he hit the other day was from 57. Yeah. And if you remember, they had on that, because I did a telestrator of Will Anderson, so I was going to try and find where that was, and I was like, that was right before the field goal. So Murray got hit by Connor. That ended up being the team sack. Then Will sacked Kyler Murray, that was the second sack. So the ball's at the 40, and I'm like, well, they tried him out there for 50 cents oh, like it's nothing. And I was standing back there, and I watched that ball go through, and I'm like, that, thing, that thing's good from 65. Yeah. He's got the leg, and you know what? They've got him, and they're crazy not to use him, and they did, so that was good. Yep. All right, a couple of things here. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, all right? Last night, drops the ball. Drops the ball. Okay, I know it was a drop. I agree. He should catch that. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to say this. Had he caught it, the reaction would have been, what an amazing catch. Yes. What an amazing play right. and an amazing catch. He lays out for that ball, comes in with it. We are given that high degree of difficulty, high marks, obviously crunch time, clutch play, all of that. But instead, 
it's a drop. They're acting like it's Jackie Smith. Okay, yeah, dated yeah, reference. Yeah. They're acting like it hit him in the chest right. and it bounced out. All right. I know it's a drop, and yes, he, quote, should have that ball. But to kill him for that, all right, on a night when Mahomes threw a red zone pick, yeah. on a night when Kelsey fumbled, on a night when other guys are dropping balls all yep. over the place, including on the final drive when I was thinking, oh, here comes Mahomes, he's going to do it, and he didn't do it. I think that they're getting a little too tough on Valdez-Scantling. I think part of it is what you said earlier, that other guys have had drops, that the drops have kind of become this thing for the wide receiver group. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, I don't think anybody understands how hard that is to be running as fast as he was and try and make that catch extended the way that he you was. You have to land at it's some point. Not, that's not easy. But it goes down as a drop. And I guarantee you, he, as you, as they showed him in the tunnel going to the locker room, he was furious with himself. There are drops and there are drops, though. There are varying right. degrees of drop. Right. And that was, that was one that's like, Man, it gets put in a drop category, but like, you're right. That would have been a really, really difficult catch to make. Am I right? Would people not be saying that's incredible? I think absolutely, but I think it gets roped in. I think what happens is it gets lumped into all the other easy drops or simple drops at that wide receiver. I hate defending a chief. I I really do. But But, what I'm talking about is media coverage here. How it drives me nuts sometimes. Well, here's the other thing. Yeah, here's the. To me, this is an even bigger problem. The Chiefs can't score in the second half. Yeah, that's a good problem. They can't score in the second half. I really like it. I I mean, they put up 17 at half, and you're like, okay. Now, listen, I don't want to be hypocritical. We did not put up points in the second half against the Cardinals, but we have been putting up second half points against teams. The Chiefs have not for weeks. Scoreboard for weeks. Yeah, they have seven wins. How about the Texans are a game behind the Chiefs? Yeah. What if I that? told you? What if I told you? <laughs> and during the final week of November, <laughs> no. that the Chiefs are having a pretty good season and the Texans are game behind. I mean, them. can you imagine if we just did what we were supposed to and beat Carolina? Or just closed out Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, look, beggars can't be choosers. We are, we are. I think, and I've heard, I heard Seth say this, and I, I agree with this. Six and four is right. Six and four feels right for what this team um, has has done. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. In fact, there's everything right with that. Yeah. How many people said, if you get six, seven wins, it's a good season? What were we last year at this time? One, one eight, and one. One, one eight, one, and one. One, eight, and one. Yeah, that don't start with yeah, me. Yeah, so no. what was it? One eleven and one before they won again? Right. One eleven and one. Yeah, no. I mean, I remember looking at that because we looked at the symmetry of one eleven and one. One dash, one, one, dash, one. <laughs> and we were thinking... This is freaky. Yeah. This is well. This is freaky in a good way. Yeah. You're six and four, and wasn't the narrative coming in? Eh, if you win six, seven games, it's a good season. Yes. Show absolutely. some progress. Take it for next year. Mm-hmm. And now I'm greedy. I am Gordon Gecko. Yeah. I am so jacked. I want more. I want all of it. You have seven games left. How about this? If you go three and four, you go one game below 500. Rest of the regular season, you have a winning season. You're nine and eight. Had I told you winning season, you'd be like, yes, sign me up. You would take that over door number Absolutely. two every which way. We we probably had that discussion in here during training camp would after you take practice. It? Would, you, would take you take nine and eight right course, now? Course now we've I also would've. we've also had some other ones, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you take ten and seven and you're going to Kansas City for the first round playoff game? And it sounded so ludicrous to say that in training camp. And now and now you look at it and go, That's possible. Eh, it might happen. All right, a couple of things, uh, a little bit more on this next segment. And Black Friday football, who's in? It's Texans Radio.
All right, final segment, wrapping it up. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris here on a fun Tuesday as it's Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, and have a great day. I know it's a couple of days away, but some of you are out tonight getting the shopping done because I can't go on Wednesday. Mm -mm. Cannot bother or attempt to go to the store on Wednesday. Got to get it all tonight. You know, you can probably get away with going to the store, but you got to time it just right. Yep. And I don't know what the right time is, so don't ask me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got mine done early Saturday morning. Uh, I got most Ooh, I got good. most of it done. But I do have to go pick up my, my turkey um, on Wednesday. And All right, apple pie or pecan pie? Pecan pie. Well, dang it, no. <sighs> those, those, are, those are really good. I'm probably going to say pecan pie. I'm particular about the apple pie, though. Don't come at me with I like any the kind Dutch of apple crust pie. that's not. I. It's got to be almost a crispness to yeah, it, yeah, yeah. almost yeah. right. I'm with you. And I like the apple pie that's all wavy. You know, not the perfectly quaffed apple yeah, yeah, yeah. quaffed. Is that the right word? That's not the perfectly set up. I like the one that's all like junky looking, mm -hmm. but the mm -hmm. crust is kind of like waving over the top of it. Yeah, and it's really. It's it's flaky, but there's like I said, it's kind of I like it. A, leave it in the oven a little too long, a little bit. Yeah. And then you put the ice cream on. Yeah. Am I right about this? It should be a federal law. You must have vanilla ice cream with the apple pie. No, you there's no have doubt. to have it. You have to have it. I don't like ice cream. Some people have ice cream. They're pecan pie. I don't like that. I will I'll have take some, that. I'll have I'll have okay. whipped cream on the pecan pie. I'm cool with that. Um, but there's a there's a place close to the house. Uh, where Jack and I live, where my son Jack, they have a strawberry pie. Oh, 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 oh my well, God. I, I'm going to give them oh a plug God. right now that Froberg Farms on Highway 6, and uh -huh. I think that's how you pronounce it, and it's in Friendswood or something yeah, yeah, yeah. south of there, or Alvin, or some somewhere way down on Highway 6. Yeah. People are listening right now. Vandermeer, you're getting it wrong. <laughs> Trust me, just go down there. Uh, they have strawberry pie, <sighs> and it is to die for. It's I'll take that. You know, I think it's sacrilegious in Texas to say you'd take strawberry over pecan. <sighs> Look, it's, it's like choosing between I'm, your children, but it really it's is. really freaking good. It's tough. Flying Saucer Pie Company, if y'all want to know. It's over on Ella, just outside of Heights. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I will walk out of there with three pies, and it's just oh. me and Jack, and we will knock down. We, I, In fact, I'm thinking about going after the show, <laughs> going tonight, try and get there before they close, and get. I'll get two strawberry pies and a chocolate pie. Those three might be done before, <laughs> before Christmas or before before Thanksgiving. Before Thursday. They, they might be done Tonight. before Thursday. Come on. They're <laughs> going to be, be singing done. to you. I know. Johnny. I'm not thinking about it. I'm like, I got to go do it now. Dang it. Yeah. I went I went the Wednesday. I got my turkey. I then put it in the car and I drove over there last year. I'm telling you, the line was like an eighth of a mile long. I'm, But they were like Chick-fil-A. You know, Chick-fil-A, you pull in. Them out. You're like, what yeah. do you want? It was yeah. in and out. Yeah. You'd walk up. I want two blueberries, two strawberries, one pecan, one this. And they're on the counter, and oh, you're walking nice. out in 30 seconds. Black Friday football on Amazon. Look, I love it. More football, the merrier. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> it's just the way they're promoting it. Like, oh, my gosh, my life has changed. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> I have... NFL football on Black Friday because we have tons of college games yeah, on Black Friday. Yeah, good always. college games on Friday. So, so I don't feel like I miss the NFL, and I love the NFL, but yeah. I don't feel like I really miss it on Black Friday. I'm still getting used to the Thanksgiving triple header, which I love. Yeah. We always had the double header with the Lions and the Cowboys, mm -hmm. always, you know, since the beginning yep. of the modern era. Uh, as far as 
the triple header goes the late night game. I love that because at night, what's everybody doing? You know, they're all crashed. Yeah, everybody's just turkeyed out. Yeah, trip the fans kicked in, and you're just like, oh, what's on? Oh man, yeah, we got another NFL another game. Another game, just yeah. mainline that thing. Yeah. Now Black Friday feels like everybody's running around at stores, mm-hmm. but a lot of people don't. A yeah. lot of people are like, no, no, no I'm. Gonna I know where I'm gonna that. be Friday. Here. Right here. <laughs> Holy cow. We are here. Right here. Oh, there's a triple header. Yes. There's a the triple stadium. header of high school games here that are going to be absolutely phenomenal. That phenomenal. Cool. I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably more excited about 10 a.m., 2 a.m., 6 p.m., 2 p.m., 6 p.m. on Friday than any shopping I could do. I do. I, I will say this. Everybody, you say Black Friday, what does everybody think? Oh, you get deals, you shop. Okay. The fact that... Amazon has the game on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. I'll give it to them. That that's pretty smart. It is smart. That's really smart. Those ads, you know, they I, do some clever marketing yes. in the Amazon games. And yes. why wouldn't they? Right. Absolutely. It is. It's perfect. Other yeah. than the fact, it's not Tua versus Aaron Rodgers. It's Tua versus Tim Boyle. Good yeah, luck with Tim that. Boyle, household name Tim Boyle. Yeah. Uh, by the way, as a guy, you look. I wasn't born here. I got here as fast as I could. When I'm on the field, because I'll pop down there, I'll stand on the field and watch these high school playoff mm-hmm. games. It is insane to see these athletes. I feel like, you know, I did one double A football in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is that caliber, at least, with yeah. some of these schools. They are ridiculously good. It's unbelievable the energy you feel in a place where one side of the field is playing their last game of the year, and in some cases, a lot of guys playing the last football of their lives. Of their lives. It's unbelievable the energy that you have yeah. during a high school playoff game. It's it's incredible. I was actually on YouTube last night. I was in the kitchen, and up popped um, like a highlight package sort of thing for the Cy Fair Katie game last week. Oh, and I insane. just sat there riveted watching the whole thing, and then it ends. On a on a fourth down knockdown for Cy Fair to beat Katie in the second round, and it's this explosion of Cy Fair Bobcats running all over. It was it was so incredible. Cal McNair's incredible. alma mater is playing in Cal's building. How about that on Friday? That's pretty. That's cool. pretty cool. I wonder if that's going to be a heck of a game. Now. That's going to be fun. Quarterback Trey Owens going to Texas. Good player. Was good he player. at that? Uh, yeah, he was at that touchdown club thing. Yeah, yeah. Good Dre, size. Dre good army. Was awarded the touchdowner of the mm-hmm. year. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Thanks, Johnny. Texans matchup on the way. We've got another big show Wednesday night with Nick Casario to kick it off. It is going to be great. Thanks for listening. Go Texans.